My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show. My name's Jeff Bajoric. I'm your host, and I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. We're into season four now, Sell Like You. And on the last episode, I told you kind of what the origin story of Sell Like You is, where it came from, how it's developing, how I'd given up on it before. If you hadn't gotten a chance to listen to that, go back. It's just one episode. It's 10 minutes long. You've got this, right? I believe in you. <laughs> but check that episode out because it is, I think, important to understand where it came from so we can understand where it's going, right? Um, but today I want to dig in a little bit to what that all entails. Like, what is the value of selling like you? What is the outcome? What happens to you? What happens to your results when you sell like you? Because you'll never sell better than when you sell like you. And, and that rolls off the tongue really nicely. And people's eyes light up when I say that. And they all seem to get it conceptually. But we had a peel back the layers of the onion here. And um, one of the things that you know comes to mind specifically when I think back on my career, it's this vicious cycle that every rep goes through. And it's a cycle of doubt, failure, and shame. And ooh, but Jorik's going to talk about shame today? Yeah, I'm going to touch on it a little bit. Because it's a really powerful emotion and it prevents people from doing their best work. So I'm going to go through this vicious cycle. I'm going to talk about the virtuous cycle of what I'm calling the sales success cycle. And I'm going to talk to you about how to flip that. You've got to flip. You've got to get out of one and get to the other. And that's kind of the, the thesis for what I'm going to speak about today. So um, just a quick tip. If you're in your car right now, if you are on a walk right now, if you're doing something active right now, then great. Keep doing that. Keep listening. Um, if you are into the visual aid kind of thing, check the show out on YouTube. I'm going to do some screen sharing and, and kind of that thing today and show you some visuals that help you recognize what I'm getting at here. It's not rocket science. You'll be fine if you don't go do it, but sometimes the visuals help people and the show is on YouTube and it's kind of a cool place to interact with the show. So um, if you want to, then don't be afraid to check it out there. So I, I want to kick off this discussion about the vicious cycle of you know, that every rep finds themselves in. And, and most reps will find themselves in this vicious cycle more than once throughout their career. And later this season, I'm going to talk about resistance, resistance with a capital R as Stephen Pressfield has kind of coined that term. And I listen to a lot of Stephen Pressfield. I read a lot of his work. I love where he's going. I'm still, quite frankly, formulating my thoughts about how to directly compare his concept with this battle that we all fight here. Um, I, I want to make sure I can draw a correct analogy here. But what I think is important to know right now is that Pressfield describes resistance as coming to us when we are ready to elevate to a higher plane. And it gets a little mystical, it gets a little woo-woo, but when you talk about your own uh, maturity, when you talk about your own growth, when you talk about taking that next step, breaking through boundaries, you know, reaching that next level again, 
you have to go through this resistance. And that resistance is tied to the imposter syndrome. It is tied to doubt. It is tied to the hero's journey. It's tied to so many things that are um, integral to our lives. And I love it as a metaphor. But this that's what you will go through these cycles every time you are right about to break through to that next level. So don't shy away from these cycles. Lean into them with everything you've got so that you can take those next steps. But the vicious cycle for salespeople looks like this. It looks like doubt. It looks like your results aren't where they need to be. It looks like uh, you've been on LinkedIn or Twitter, or you've been in some of the messaging groups and in some of the sales groups out there. And there are so many people telling you that you could be doing it better if you only did it this way. Or you've got a colleague who shows you something that they're doing. And it looks like the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. And, you know, I should try it that way. Maybe what I'm doing right now isn't as good as I could possibly be. And, you know, in this way, this pursuit of excellence, this pursuit of always improving kind of works against us. It works against us in the form of resistance because we start to doubt our own capabilities. But in some ways, it is the necessary genesis of this cycle so that we have the motivation to take that next step. But we start by doubting. And when you doubt what you do, you go look for something better. So you go buy a course, you go listen to a podcast like this one, you go look for someone else's framework and you put someone else's framework to work for you. And it just doesn't work that well for you. And it looks like failure. And at the very best, it looks like mediocrity. And so what happens is, well, maybe that wasn't the framework. Maybe that wasn't the cookbook or the blueprint for me. So I'll go find another one. And then what happens? More mediocrity at best. You only have to go through this a couple of times before you start to feel that shame that I was talking about before. Wait a second. I'm smart. I like people. I'm capable of being good at what I do. I believe in myself. Why isn't this working? Why can't I have the same success that Joe Schmo over there who published this framework is having. Why won't it work as well for me as it did for him? Well, now you're, you're in this state of shame. And I think it doesn't take much to say, and I don't think anybody would disagree with me that when you feel ashamed of yourself, it's not exactly a good platform for you to be selling from. That is not what you want to be doing. It's not where you want to be. And so when you reach this point, you really have three options. Um, you can accept mediocrity as an outcome, which a lot of people do. It hurts my feelings, okay? But it's what a lot of people do. And uh, mediocre is, you can still make a nice living. You can still be reasonably satisfied and fulfilled by what you do. You can still have a great life at home. You can essentially, at that point, you are working to live, right? Here's my job. I'm in sales. I do okay. It's kind of fun. I'm only moderately disgruntled, but hey, it's better than digging ditches. So I'm just going to go live my life and, and raise a family and make that, you know, the center of my life. Nothing wrong with that. It's not what I aspire to be. My guess is it's not what you aspire to be either because you don't listen to podcasts like this if that's what you aspire to do. So option one is to just accept mediocrity. Option two is to just get out of the game. And we've lost a lot of salespeople, a lot of brilliant, potentially brilliant salespeople 
Uh, because they just didn't want to go through this. They, they decided that, hey, you know what? This isn't working. I've given it all I've got. I'm going to go do something else because I know I'll be good at that. And it's a little more straightforward. This is a puzzle I don't want to put together. And quite frankly, that was almost me. I was ready to leave selling. This was, uh, this would have been 2005. And um, if there weren't something that happened, if there weren't a catalyst for me to stay, I would have left. And I think about this some 18 years later, and it's like, wow, what? My life would be completely different. And quite frankly, the lives of people who have been following me and learning from me and paying attention to me and rooting me on and cheering for me, um, they would be a lot different too. And so when I think about that impact, it's like, wow, that's, that's huge. So what does it mean to sell like you? Well, in short, it means more pipeline. It means bigger deals that close faster and more often. It means more customer loyalty, so there's less churn. And it means a culture on your team where winning is expected and everyone's having fun. Now, if this sounds like something your team needs, go to jeffbajorek.com forward slash services and find out how I use this approach to help teams like yours create world-class results. Now, back to the show. So option one, accept mediocrity. Option two, get out of the game. Option three, make the change. Flip this cycle on its head. And when you flip the cycle on its head, it starts to look like what I call the sales success cycle. The sales success cycle has three components as well. The first one is integrity. And integrity tends to mean to people something akin to morality, and, you know, morality of, you know, saying what you're going to do and then doing what you say, right? Alignment in that regard. I'm true. I'm moral. I am going to make sure that um, people can trust me, right? But I'm looking at integrity in this sense as something much more along the lines of alignment. Do you have alignment between what you do, who you do it for, how you do it, and why you do it? That alignment is absolutely necessary. Anytime you don't have that alignment, you don't have belief. And anytime you miss something, anytime you feel resistance uh, with a small R or with the capital R in the press field sense, anytime you feel call reluctance, anytime you just feel like you're overthinking things, it's because a lack is because of a lack of alignment and integrity in this sense. And so if you are struggling in any way, go back to these four statements here. Do you believe in and are you aligned with what you do? Do you have some moral stand against it? Is this in alignment with your personal uh, desires, your personal mission, your personal goals? Are you reaching the right people, right? It's really hard to succeed if you're trying to, to uh, take the right solution to the wrong people. I remember reading this uh, in a Seth Godin blog, and he says, sell nuts to squirrels. Stop trying to convince dolphins that nuts are delicious. Okay, it's pretty, it's pretty simple, right? So what do you do? Who do you do it for? Now, how do you do it? This is the methodology. We're going to get into methodology later this season, but are you comfortable with the way you're being asked to do it? Or are you comfortable with the way you are trying to do it yourself? We get into superstitions and, well, salespeople do things like this. Um, you know, I have to do it this way. I have to wine and dine people. I have to, you know, look a certain way. I have to act a certain way. No, if that's not you, don't do that. 
And then ultimately, the right reasons. Are you doing all this for the right reasons? This gets back to that alignment with your personal mission, right? Are you doing the right things for the right people, the right ways, for the right reasons? If you don't, then that's where you need to shore things up so that you can do your very best work. If you do, when you do have this integrity, that's where belief flows from. And look, you know that you can't perform your best unless you really believe in yourself and what you're doing. But that belief is what allows you the bandwidth, it allows you the confidence to rethink the way you sell. Now, surprise, surprise, the way you flip that vicious cycle that I mentioned before into this virtuous cycle that I'm illustrating right now, that's by rethinking the way you sell. That's why that's my trademark. That's why that's the name of this podcast. It's because you have to flip the script for yourself in order to do your best work. But when you rethink the way you sell, when you start to redefine selling in a way that feels good to you, that in a way that is still effective for you, this is going to lead you to being able to performing to your highest potential. I'm going to say this again. You will not reach your highest potential if you don't have that integrity and if you don't have this belief. You can go through all of the, sk the sales skills training that you want, and it will not be effective for you without these two components. That's why I'm so passionate about this because everybody's out there providing training and there's a lot of great training out there. There's some substandard training out there too, but like, let's just focus on the good stuff. The good stuff will only be so effective unless these other two elements are addressed as well. And nobody else is talking about this this way. Right. A couple of my friends talk about this. Um, Larry Levine talks about selling from the heart, being authentic. Todd Capone talks about transparency and, um, you, you know, just being able to bring yourself to the uh, the equation and also just being very, very clear on what everybody's goals are and what needs to happen. Right. And, you know, Andy Paul wrote a great book called Sell Without Selling Out about authenticity again and, and bringing your truth to the, the process. Um, Ian Koniak, who you're going to hear from later this season, talks about integrity and the integrity gap. But I don't think and I haven't seen anybody talk about the sales process, the sales success equation in this way. That's why I'm so passionate about it. And these factors, integrity and belief, are enormously important. If you're not paying attention to them, you're leaving your best work on the table. So we've got our alignment. We've got our belief. Now we can take those skills that we've been training on for years and we can use them. But when you have your own integrity and belief in the equation, this skill execution is what sell like you is. This is what it means to sell like you. It means to bring your alignment, to bring your belief, and to put them all together and execute. And when you execute in a way that feels authentic to you, it reaffirms that integrity and it perpetuates this cycle. So we've gone from a vicious cycle, one that takes you down and away from your best uh, performance, and we flipped it to a virtuous cycle, which looks and feels a lot like that flywheel, that, that proverbial flywheel that Jim Collins has always written and spoken about, getting things moving. It is a difficult thing to get moving, but once it gets going, it is really, really hard to stop. So what you need to do 
is you need to think about where you're holding yourself back. You need to think about the ways you doubt yourself. You need to think about the way that that doubt leads to failure. It perpetuates failure and mediocrity. And ultimately, when you get to that point where you're ashamed of your results, when you're ashamed of who you feel you have to be at this moment, and you decide that, hey, maybe I'm just not as good as I thought I was and I need to accept that. Maybe this just isn't the place for me or... Maybe you need to make a change. And maybe that seed of doubt is actually the stimulus necessary to make that change so you can take that step to that higher plane, so you can break through these barriers and really grow. Sales growth is akin to personal growth. The two are tied so closely together. You really can't break them apart. And that's what I love about how this cycle and this illustration has come together because it really ties those two together uh, very, very nicely. So that is the transformation that I'm going to take you on this year and uh, well, this season rather, I don't know how long this season is going to go. I, the more I dig into this, the more I start thinking about it, then the more people I add, I need to talk to so-and-so and I need to talk to so-and-so. Uh, so this season is going to continue um, indefinitely for right now. And I'm going to help you understand the superstitions that you don't need to believe anymore. I'm going to help you understand the rules that you can break. I'm going to understand, help you understand the inalienable factors and principles that you cannot ignore, but that provide the constraints for you to work within. I'm going to help you understand how your methods still work within those constraints and how you have a lot more freedom in your sales process than you really know. And I'm going to help you believe that you can do it. That's the most important part is that I'm going to help you underscore that alignment that you have. I'm going to help you repair those breaks in that foundation. If you need to, I'm going to help you gain belief and you are going to perform at levels you never thought possible. And if you realize this the way I realized this some 17, 18 years ago, your entire world is going to open up in a way that you cannot fathom. And that is the coolest thing about what I recognize. It is the coolest thing about what I do. And I cannot wait to dig into this with you a lot more in the coming episodes, in the coming weeks. Thank you so much for spending the last 17, 18 minutes with me. I appreciate you choosing this show uh, to spend your time. There are so many other options out there for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I cannot wait to get into the next episode with you. Uh, well, it's it's going to release next week. But if you're listening to this after the fact, then just wait and, and you'll go right on to the next one. Either way, I'll talk to you again soon. Rethink the Way You Sell is a Pot About It production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajorek.